Hello, and welcome to Big Sound Small Town. I'm your host, Sandy Carlton. The small towns and communities of Cleveland County, North Carolina have long been a hotbed of music in all its many forms. Several Cleveland County musicians have found commercial success and critical acclaim in the music industry. Yeah, everybody knows the Earl Scruggs, Don Gibson, Patty Loveless, and Alicia Bridges are from Cleveland County. Donald Byrd, too. So this is not a podcast about them. This is a podcast about the musicians who are still here to keep music alive here. This is the stories, and you need to know them and know the people who are making the music. This is not, this is not your normal podcast. Pistol Hill was one of the first guests I had on Big Sound Small Town. Well, actually, he may have been the first guest I had on the show. We weren't really sure, I was not really sure what we were doing. And we talked on for a pretty pretty good length of time. Uh, it even starts with a funny deal. I was, uh, we had a, the podcast set up. He was going to do it like on a Tuesday and he calls me like Monday evening and says can we reschedule it to Thursday and I said sure because uh, originally we had set this thing up to be done in a car but in two days he would bought a bus school bus that he was going to remodel and we did the podcast in there it's a fairly lengthy interview but a whole lot of fun give it a listen Today on Big Sound Small Town, I'd like to welcome to the show Pistol Hill. Woo! All right, it's good to have you here. Yeah, thank you, thank you, thank you. I'm surprised I got you here since you live on the road. Man, I I live here too. Sometimes one day a week. This is my day. Well, you know, when we set this thing up originally, uh, you told me you pretty well lived in your car. Yep. So I was set to do this interview in your car. Yeah. But something changed, tell me about it. It did. Well, uh, so basically we're on the road 24-7. We're here, we're here in Shelby about one day a week or so, uh, living in my, basically living out of my Honda Fit hotels whenever we can. 
um, but you know it's not a there's not a lot of money going around in the industry um, but we finally decided that that one day a week wasn't so when you when you're home one day a week let's say yeah. you're yeah, let's say let's say you're doing a, sh a, a run of shows in Mississippi one week and Indiana the next week and um, Pennsylvania the next what that means is you leave on Wednesday you drive 10 hours to Louisiana Mississippi wherever it is or to and, and then you play four or five shows, you know, two or three hours in between. And then you got to drive. Well, what costs more, the, the, the gas to drive 10 more hours or the hotel for two days? Exactly. The hotel for two days. So yeah. you have to drive. It just makes too much sense to drive back. Yeah. Um, that's the only way you're going to make any money. So to try to keep from having to do those 10-hour trips twice a week, which is 20 hours of or 20 hour, or yeah, 20 hours of driving. Yeah, and that sucks. Yeah, that sucks. So to keep to do that, it's we decided time. to buy a school bus. So right now we're sitting in a school bus with no solar, which means no air conditioning, yes. which means uh, me and Sandy are currently in our underwear. Yes, we are. Uh, sweating our butts off. Yes, we are. Um, the visual is beautiful. We'll, we'll work on that. We'll maybe give it a little bit more visual later sure. on whenever it's a little yeah. more dramatic, you know. We but, might uh, have to go farther down than that for the <laughs> Oh, and then we'll have to do a Facebook Live from there. That's right. <laughs> well, you have you have animals. You taking them with you too? Oh yeah, man. Yeah, I got I got a uh, Keith Whitley Jr., yeah, which is great. my dog. That's great. And then uh, I have Lucy. Uh, it's funny. My grandmother's name is Lucille, and I didn't even think about this. Sorry, uh, Mimi. But um, <laughs> I always called her. I've called her Mimi my whole life. So um, her name's Lucille, and I was listening. I was in the shower one day listening to Kenny, Kenny Rogers playlist yeah. and there's you picked a fine time to leave me Lucille <laughs> yeah. 5,000 children a crop in the field <laughs> you know whatever um my buddy Justin sings it like 400 <laughs> children or something so That's I, pretty cool. I actually forgot what number he actually uses but I, I, I was like oh I'm gonna I'm gonna name an animal that and a week later I got a my sister had actually my landlord had a, got a couple of barn cats yeah and um, one got pregnant by a wild cat, and uh, my sister actually said, "Hey, I want one of those. I want one of those kittens." And uh, you, you know, Julia. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It wasn't a week after she was supposed to go pick it up. My my landlord called me Josh. Actually, he's my one of my best friends, not just my landlord. Would this be uh, Broad River Hemp Josh? Yeah. Oh yeah, Mr. Josh, <laughs> Mr. Bennett. Oh yeah, Broad River Hemp Company. Get all your hemp products at. I've already said it, so I'm not a very good announcer. Um, but, you know, so uh, he called me up and was like, hey, you got yourself a kitten. I'm like, why is that? He's like, well, your sister ain't come pick it up, so it's yours. <laughs> he said, I'm coming to drop it by. I said, I'll come get it. I owed him, I owed him a beer anyway. So I went over there and got uh, picked up a cat. And that was the most interesting drive of my life, driving a cat back to my house. It was only a mile and a half, but I tell you what, that cat was <laughs> hanging from the ceiling in the back. I was like, man, this thing's awesome. And uh, she's she's going to be we're going to teach her how to drive in a school bus. Cat, rescued yeah. cat. On the rescued road. cat and then a rescued dog. We, we got the best. Uh, I have Keith a ton of them myself. Oh, yeah. They're like rescue people. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, that's what I am. Thanks to my girlfriend, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell me about Pistol Hill. Pistol Hill is the biggest jerk you ever met in your life. Now, uh, <laughs> Pistol, so. You know, most most people around here, especially uh, get, this thing's, you know, specifically about Cleveland County. Most people around here know who I am, know my real name, and all that stuff. My daddy gave me uh, when I guess they were deciding what my name was going to be growing up uh, when I was born. I reckon that's when you give people names. Um, 
they uh, gave me a, a business name because that's what my daddy does. He does business. And uh, my mama didn't want to call me John. My dad wanted to call me John. My mama didn't want to call me John, so they went with Jonathan. And uh, if you look up John or Jonathan and Robinson, which is my last name, um, it's the two most generic names in the world. <laughs> Literally. I mean, I mean, you, you look yeah, it up. Yeah, there's probably a hundred of them. Yeah, there's a few. Including so, county. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, like, if, 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 if you, I mean, it sounds weird, but if you put $10 of marketing behind Jonathan Robinson, it's... Well, there is a bigger ring to pistol. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so I, I kind of like the fact I was able to... Uh, yeah, I, 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 this sounds weird, but I call it my God-given name, Pistol Hill. That's fine. Because in the Bible, whenever certain people were saved, they were given different names. And, and I, I was turned on to country music right around the time I was saved. Right. Um, when I was 20-something, yeah. right, right around 2021. 20, before I started drinking, yeah, and, <laughs> well, and legally uh, able. yeah, legally able to drink. I, I found Jesus right before that. It was That's just good. Great time to find him. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, and uh, I I, I kind of think that um, that the name just came to me. I was starting a band with a girl whose nickname was Pistol, and her her last name was Hill. And we were like, we took all of our names and we're trying to we're scrambling them around, trying to figure out what was coolest. And we just ended up with two of hers. And she quit a week later. And I was like, well. It's too good to pass up. I'm yeah, keeping it. It, it. it was like literally God just laid it in my lap. Well, it and, is a good one. And, it uh, Plus, it, if you decide to go with a band, you got your band name. Well, yeah. Well, I think at this point, I, I think the biggest mistake I see young musicians making is using band names. Yeah. It's like if the band breaks up or if, the, if, if, if one member leaves, technically, legally, they can keep you from using that name. So I'm, I just go by Pistol Hill. That's great. It's a lot easier. Plus, everybody calls me Pistol now, it's so it's a, like... It's a good name. I mean, it's, I would, it's a yeah. standout name yeah. to separate you from from Jonathan Robinson. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, sometimes, you know, Ansley will... Um, and she goes by Miss Pistol. She has a blog yeah, and a blog. That, and, yeah. and she'll... Uh, that's a good story. She, she did that just to mock me because <laughs> basically people at shows would come up and go, Hey, are you Miss Pistol? Oh, you must be Miss Pistol. And, and so she did that to mock them. But I tell you this, it's... Uh, did she also actually come up with accidentally on tour? Actually, um, <laughs> we were uh, when she was trying to come up with her blog blog name. Um, we were just blurting out ideas, and I think I think I yelled it out or something. And um, I was like, "You kind of accident, you know? It's kind of like you're accidentally on tour." And she was like. That right there. That's what I'm using. So she, she actually ended up using Miss Pistol as her. She didn't want to use Miss Pistol until she decided that it was funny that she could mock people with it. So, um, and then or mock me specifically. Um, but you know, she she ended up going with accidentally on tour for her handle or whatever. Yeah, and cool. which is cool because it's very. It I think she you know she she liked the descriptiveness of it. It is. But um, of course, she'll probably. Uh, when she hears it, she'll probably be like, "Hey, you know, this, that's not true at all." Pistol. <laughs> well, it's funny. I, I, love, I love Pistol too because she'll um, she'll start yelling at me or something, or not really yelling. She, she, she'll be, oh, you know, yeah, she yeah, she'll be yelling at me about something like, "Clean your room or clean the, you know, clean up your office or whatever." And um, she'll go, "Jonathan." I'll be like, Who, "Who's Jonathan?" I don't know. <laughs> you know, I really sometimes she'll like she'll say, "Jonathan, do this or that," and I. I'm like, she must be talking to somebody else. I mean, just naturally. I, I don't even think of it anymore because everybody calls me Pistol. Okay, the route you took to promote yourself, your career. You could have gone to Nashville. You're an excellent yeah. songwriter. Um, 
He could have taken that right to Nashville. Man, you know, this is something I'd, I'd have a different story about this every day. Um, well, whichever one you yeah. want to tell today, we'll take. <laughs> I, um, I don't want to say, I guess the, the easy way to say it is I, I, I didn't really want to go mainstream necessarily. Yeah. I mean, it, and, and that's really wrong because you want, were you afraid it would pigeonhole you into just being sure, a country singer? Sure. Well, a bro country singer, maybe. I don't. Well, know. you know, and I, and I <laughs> and that's one of the terms I'm I'm, I'm trying to avoid using because it's not like I, I don't really have anything against those guys. Like I nothing against them. In fact, I would if one of them came to me and said, "Hey, I want to record one of your songs," I'd say, "Heck yeah!" You know, you know. I mean, I think Chris Stapleton is a great example of how to approach <laughs> yeah, all is, that. It's like. Is. It's like there's respect in what they're doing. I mean, there's, there I mean, there's a lot of guys who do what I do, and and, and they say, you know, they spend. So, uh, I just played my first show with this dude the other day, Tyler Hatley, out of uh, I think he's from Mooresville or Upper. Maybe he lives in Gaffney now. Or he he lives around there. Uh, one of those two. Um, and he, on on the microphone that night, he said it was on that Hibbles and Guitars tour yeah. Sunday in Love Valley. I'll have, to, I'll have to ask you about that. Too. Oh yeah, of course we'll get into that. That'll be good. Uh, but he he uh, he said. You know, people spend so much time whining about what they don't like that they don't actually promote what they do like, what they believe in. And uh, he's dead on, man. You know, it's like, it's like, that's not the music I choose to listen to. Right. But man, if somebody else enjoys it, good. Uh, you know, if you enjoy it, good. Well, if I, you, I'm not you much know. on labels myself. Yeah, know. yeah. It's like, I don't think music should be a contest either. Yeah. Enjoy it. So the route I took was... I I reckon I just wanted to make it real hard on myself, you know, because well, I wanted to make I wanted to feel like I earned it, you There's know. Some merit there, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I, and at the same time, I think we live in a world where you don't necessarily have to go anywhere. No, you don't. Like, I mean, really, I could if if I need to be in Nashville for a day, I'll drive four hours. Exactly. I drive four hours anyway. You know, it's, it's not a big deal. And, and and I like, I really like Atlanta. That's where I hang, that's where I do most of my writing and hanging out. And you know, I work with uh, Billy Hume there in Atlanta yeah. and. Um, Plus, you know, when you decide to move on that rap stuff, you'll be ready to go. You dream on. <laughs> no, I, I, I love it, man. You know, I, that's, that's one thing I like about the producer I work with, man, is, you know, early on in his career, he was he did like the first two Little John, or I think he did the first yeah, two Little John. That's where I was yeah, going with he, that. I knew he, he was hooked up. Yeah, he was, I mean, he, he worked with, he worked with, you know, all these guys, man. You I mean, right. if, you, if you name them, like, from, I think, 2000, 2005, or something like that. You know, if you, if you name them, he worked with them. You know, yeah, a lot of Yin Yang twin he had, stuff. He had, and he had worked and produced yeah. rappers as well. As, and then as, he turned around and you know he won a Grammy with the String Dusters, uh, which is, I mean, that, that, I mean, they're every time he posts about them, he hashtags the greatest band on earth. That's because they are the greatest they are, band. They, they are, they are amazing, man. Like, and every time you see them, the experience gets better. And there's not many bands you can say that once they've peaked. That they're they actually keep. And I'm not saying they've peaked, but but I I am saying that they continue. They to have do a, high level. Work. They they could have peaked. You know they easily they could have peaked and still been remembered as a legendary band. True. At when they, after they won a Grammy, right. but they're they that's how you can tell they're a group of guys who love music, and, and that's kind of what I'm getting at with with why I didn't go to Nashville, and it's it's because I feel like I lose. I feel like I'm someone who has to experience something to write. I have yeah, to experience totally agree. part of why we got this bus. It's like I'm kind of running out of inspiration in this trailer I live in on the hundred acres you here, to, you know. And 
one of my philosophies is you have to live life a little bit to write about life. Yeah, yeah, and and I think a lot of people get wrapped up in the success and the idea of going to a a room every day and writing that they they lose. Writing a too perfect of song. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, it's like what do you? Imperfection sometimes is is every bit as beautiful as perfection. Oh yeah, yeah, and you know, and and you end up. Every time I settle down t too much, I find myself writing the same song. So it's like, or I, or I find myself disconnecting from the reality of it all in my, in my writing. So like being afraid to write. Like, so the other day, I'm, I'm working on this song right now called uh, You Don't Mean Your Tears Anymore. And it's basically, I was, we were sitting in this hotel room, and I think we were in Raleigh or something. And we are sitting in this hotel room, and we were broke, and you know, we just decided to stay in a hotel and, instead of sleeping in the car, because we kind of rotate, we kind of, you get tired of sleeping in a Honda Fit, you gotta, <laughs> if you have enough money, you can, yeah. well, we kind of spent our last dollar on food that night, and we were kind of all stressed out, and we were just, sometimes you just gotta cry a little bit, you know, and, and Ansley was, you know, we, we both deal with it different ways, Ansley cries a little bit, and just, you know, just pushes through it, and um, some of the hard times, and I, I, uh, you know, just sit there and listen to music, and Act like it didn't phase me. That's just how we deal with it. And I, I was in, but I, I was listening to Vern Gosden, and I just heard Chis, I just heard Chiseled in Stone, and I was yeah, like, hey, I got, I got that, I got this, just wave of inspiration, and, and that's, and and I, I paused it to uh, write write down on my notepad, and I could kind of hear Angela. She wasn't not like crying, crying. It's not like we had a big fight or anything. It was more like we were just very, we had just hit burned out and you know what the road's oh, like yeah, you know yeah, there's a lot of that there's a lot of that but it's 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 more of a you do the you do the pity thing not necessarily because you actually want to be someone to come up to you and say oh you're crying are you okay but you actually do it just to get it out of your system so that you can move on you know oh, yeah. um but i heard her crying and i was like how how bad of a person would i have to be to just keep this muted and just sit here and listen to her cry for like an hour, <laughs> you know, <laughs> to get inspiration or something, you know, and, or, or it's just, are sick, man. I yeah, know, I know, I know. But I, inspiration I, everywhere. I didn't actually do that. I'm, I'm not that kind of person. I turned it back on, but I was like, that's a great song idea. Like, it is. and I was like, why would I do that? Why would someone do that? And, it, and my answer was, um, because maybe I don't think they mean their tears anymore. So I'm sitting here listening to them cry. Cause it's like, they, it's like, someone lying to you when someone lies to you you play that lie back over and over and over in your head so sitting and listening to this person cry with your headphones in making them think that you're listening to music maybe even your mouth and words but really just sitting there listening to a cry like i can't believe this person's faking this right now like she's really trying to get me to apologize for nothing you know kind of thing now that was not what was going on but that was what i got out of it and yeah, I got this cool little song out of you know you don't. I don't think you mean your tears anymore. I think you just like watching them fall to the floor. And when I say I'm sorry, say we're through. Unless I find a way to make it up to you, and I'm betting you're bluffing. I'm guessing you're crying over nothing. No, I can't be sure. I don't think you mean your tears anymore. I don't know. I got like a chorus out of it right there, you know. You're not going to get that anywhere where a guy's going to preview his song. You just heard it. Oh, that's all I have of it so far, too. So, yeah. <laughs> it, it's, 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 it's bound to change. But, you know, I want to write like that. And I want to write like. I want, I want to be remembered for my songwriting, not my. I mean, I, I, I performing's where yeah, my heart you're a is. Songwriter, and, no doubt. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, that is one of the things that we share. It's songwriting. Yeah. 
Uh, you just happen to be a great vocalist to go mm. along with it. I'm black. Uh, I'm lucky. Yeah. And and but but it is about the song. I mean, I can yeah. I know that about you. You can feel it with you right there. I mean, your inspiration too. I mean, it just doesn't come to you in the middle of the night. You live life. You pick it here. You pick it there. Whatever. Actually, you take what life gives you and write about. Yeah, it. Yeah, and that's and that's. I reckon that's uh, you know back to the, what we where this started with wh why I didn't go to Nashville or Atlanta or whatever and did um, and I spent a lot of time there but you know that's the point is to do you co-write oh yeah oh okay. yeah with tons of man with okay, as yeah. many people as I can my favorite I'm just gonna go and ask myself this question what's your favorite co-write pistol yes, well, well my favorite co-write was I, I write with a lot of great people Justin Clyde Williams probably my favorite guy to write with um, I don't get to do it as much anymore because he writes with a lot of cool people. Um, that he he doesn't have as much time for me, Justin. Um, now nah, he he's one of my favorites, man. And um, uh, Ben Rawl out of uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and I muttered his last name because I hear it pronounced many different ways. And I want to make sure I don't do it wrong, so I'm just gonna mumble it so he okay, doesn't he doesn't get mad yeah. at me. Um, but he he used to play in a uh, a band called the Big Sky Band out of uh, Gainesville, Florida. Toured with like Tab at the Secret, which is Matchbox Twenty, all them boys. Um, he's man, he's probably one of my favorite songwriters I've worked with. Him and Justin. Um, he actually produced Justin's record. So okay. yeah. Um, and then Billy Hume, man, my producer's great. And um, I've gotten to work a little bit with uh, Prisca Strother yeah. out of Atlanta, Georgia. She is. So you she's, do. So yeah. so it's just not male oriented. Yeah, yeah, but oh, oh no, dude, That's oh right. no, 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 no. And it's not genre oriented either. I mean, um, you know, Ben's kind of a rock guy, a folky rock guy. Um, or his passes rock. He is kind of folky. Um, well, that's how you grow. Prisca's non-genre. Um, I think it'd be rude to try to pigeonhole her because she's just. I mean, I guess you'd call it pop rock kind of stuff. If you had to do something, um, she might show up at my house and beat me up for saying anything i should i should have just said all genre non-genre but my favorite moment my most and I only, I only wrote with this guy one time and it was very short it was like for an hour and a half maybe two hours um but my most my most interesting experience songwriting was a guy named elliot bronson and we Full didn't name. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's I mean, he records with Dave Cobb. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. Or his first record was, or his last record was with Dave Cobb, um, and he plays a lot with Prisca too. But he's, man, if he, look him up, you 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 you'll love him. But he, uh, you know, it's not, it's not even so much that we wrote, we didn't write, we didn't do much writing. We did, we spent a lot more. But the one thing that he taught me, um. Trying to think of the best way to say this. The, the, the one thing that he taught me, and, and, and it was something that I'd never experienced before, was that the song is so much more than the chords you play and the lyrics that you sing and the melody. It's, 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 it's more than that. And I, and I always heard this thing, and I think we all hear it, is a, you can't write a new song, I this reckon. Is true. There's a lot of mumbling going on here because I've never actually said this before but you know people um people say you can't write a new song he taught me how you can write a new song how you can and, and it comes down to phrasing and it comes down to vibe and it comes down to you have never written this song and that is unique and that will never be that will never be replaced and you can never recreate that even if you sung the same lyrics the same way 
with the same chords, same melody, every same structure, everything, it's still not the same. It's still a brand new experience for the listener, and it's still unique. Now, copyright office might say something different about that, and sure, you know, true. But as long as you're, you know, you you can write, and he really, in that hour and a half changed my perspective of songwriting and that was my most interesting experience i reckon that, 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 yeah. i like that that's a yeah. good philosophy because I mean, really if you think about like every beat like one two three four there's millions of places that you can start and finish a, a line in in, in 16th notes yeah notes. oh you can go down if, yeah. if you break you can break um True. pro tools down to <laughs> million millions <laughs> of little moments in between each beat and you can you can really never replace the way that you specifically start and end within those. We all have a very specific spot that we do it. And I just never looked, man. I remember when I wrote with him, I did not write anything good for like, again, after that for like a year. No, I'm, I'm serious because I was so, I was like, gotta, I got to rethink everything. But it's, to, it's, it's like becoming a good, when you learn something very important, learning how to apply it. Is usually the biggest. It's like learning it, having right. having the knowledge, having, having the information. It's one thing. You still got to learn how to apply it. You sure. still got to, and that that took for me. That took. I mean, just learning how to. Cause I, I didn't want to. I, I I don't like to mess around. So whenever I apply something, I, I you just got to. It's like jumping in a pool. You know, when it's cold. You know. You, you you can go into it quick, but or you can go into it slow. But going into it quick and going ahead and letting your body warm up to it is the best way to. Get it warm. That is off topic. Well, let's no, talk about swimming. Why don't we? Oh yeah, swimming. Hey. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're swimming in sweat here. Swimmers, right? as we are. Hey, there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, let's spray now, this bus down with Febreze after. How do you know when you finish the song? Oh man, that's a great question. Um, so my buddy Ben Rawl, I was talking about. Yeah. Um, that's a question in my one of my first songwriting um, experiences with him that he asked me. And I'm gonna give you my answer to that real quick. Ready? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, yeah. There. That, that was my answer. Yeah. But and then he he answered with, when all of the question when, when the song has been answered. That's that, 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 that seems very broad. But whenever you write a song, there's a feeling you get when a song has been answered. When there's no as a listener. All right, we're back on the bus again. Hey, Amen. Pistol Hill. So here we go, <laughs> round two. Yeah. So uh, I was I was telling you, I, I was in this writing session with Ben Rawl, and um, he kind of looked. One of the first things he did was ask me. So because I, I was looking at him, I was like, man, I think this song's finished. And he was like, well, tell me this: when is the song finished? Which is the question you asked. And my answer was, of course. Silence. You know, I had no clue. I mean, I was, I was like, yeah, let me tell you what it is, man. And it was like 15 seconds of me going, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, starting answers and nothing. And he kind of interrupted me and he said, a song is finished when the song is answered. You know, and I guess, you know, you were kind of saying Guy Clark said what? He said, it's, he said, he said, it's not finished until you play it for someone. Yeah, there you go. And, and you know, I, I would even beg to say, it's not even started until you play it. For, it's not even a song until you play it for someone. And then, you know, and then I usually, by, usually when I play for people, I discover a lot of issues with it because I start to see how it's perceived. Because I was saying a minute ago, the the only way to know if it's answered, it, it, it's really just a feeling you get. It's not really 
you can't sit down and read a bunch of lyrics and say, oh, that's answered and that's answered and that. I mean, you can, but more than anything, I I just think it's a feeling. I think it's it's just this thing saying, wow, everything connects in this song. It's like a a song's like a lot of little dots and, you know, this one has to jump over these two that connect to here and this one has to, you know, it's like this big thing and and, and really the only way to know it's done is to sit there and it's when you get that feeling where it's just like, Okay, it's so just like a yes feeling, you know, I don't know, I don't know. Okay, your song's finished. Five years down the road, you still like the song, but times have changed, feelings have changed. Is it cheating to rewrite it? Is it is have you recorded it is the question. If you've recorded well, it, you're if, stuck. You yeah, if you've recorded it, you're stuck. But uh, let me talk about this, uh, Heartless. Okay. Heartless is a song that started off um, as I'm Heartless. The song was, I'm heartless, I don't know where my heart is. And I remember playing it, this is actually the song that Den asked me, is it done? And I was like, yeah, man, this song's killer. When my, my people love this song. Hey, neighbor. Um, we're sitting in my bus in the front yard, by the way. <laughs> yes, I haven't, I'm supposed to move it to this side of the house, but I haven't. If I, I didn't because, I was supposed to do it today, but I, I didn't because we'd be in the sun the whole time, so. Yeah, at least, at least we're, yeah, we're, 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 we're yeah, getting yeah. shade. Yeah, we're going with that. I did not wake up at 2 p.m. today. No. I had a late night last night. But so he asked me that, and I was like, yeah, of course, man. This song's killer. I love it. I wrote it. It's great. You know, and he's like, yeah, maybe you should rethink that. And I was, he, and he kind of, I, I hadn't even told him what the song was about. And he looked at me and said, I just have a feeling that it's not you who's heartless. I was like, what are you talking about, man? It's, it was me. I was treating women bad, you know. And he was like, but why were you treating women bad? And I was like, because this girl treated me bad, I guess. You know, I was, I guess I was, you know, kind of gave up on love in a sense. And he goes, well, I think the song, She's Heartless, not You're Heartless. Ah. And I was like, oh, and, he, and I was like, well, why, why would I change that? And he's like, if you look at the last line, if you look at, um, since she left my side, I used my heartless. Because I'm heartless, right. or and now I'm heartless. Right. He's like, you're already saying why you use your heartless. The one thing you haven't told the audience is that that you do you do for like two seconds. But the main, uh, the more important thing to say is that she's heartless. So we change the song and she's heartless. And, 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 and as a listener, or you know, looking looking at it right now, or listening to it, if you're just listening and, and you're listening to it, you know, it's like. Well, what's the difference? You know, one's one way, one's the other, but it's a feeling you get as a songwriter as to what the truth is and what you're, whether you're actually capturing, you know, what it is. It kind of goes back to that song I was singing earlier the, you know, about you don't mean your tears anymore. It's like writing something so honest, not being afraid to write something that honest. Sometimes what you think is honest is you're lying to yourself. You know, I, I don't think songwriters intentionally lie to their audience about what happened. I think they accidentally lie to themselves about it, you know, and you have to sometimes psychoanalyze you as a writer, as you, know, you think you're writing the truth, but are you really writing the truth? You gotta, you gotta ask yourself back. So I think, no, it's not cheating to go back five years from now and rewrite, and rewrite it. it. I think it's, um, Travis Tritt. I opened up for Travis Tritt, and um, his drummer was running. He was doing solo stuff. So his drummer was running merch, and I asked his drummer. I said, "Man, yeah, I just I, I want to make it. 
you know? And I was young and dumb. I was at the Don Gibson Theater. Um, I said, yeah, I want to make it. What do I have to do to make it? And he goes, well, what are you doing now? And I was like, I'm doing, I've just been doing music for a living for, you know, six months. He goes, congratulations, you made it, man. And I was like, oh, I was like, oh, man. But the one thing, you know, right after that, he said, let me tell you this. And this is what Travis told him whenever he first met Travis. He said, I've never written a hit in my life but I've rewritten like 20 of them. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's yeah. the thing. It's oh, like, yeah. it's, you know, and, and that number may be higher, maybe a little lower, but, um, you know, he had re, you know, he's like rewriting is rewriting. the key because yeah, we're humans. We're stupid. You know, we got to, sometimes it takes four of us to get something right, but. Have you ever had a song that you just loved to death, thought it was great and no one thought it was great, but you? I've got, Notebooks full of songs yeah, like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I, I got. Uh, I'm not. I'm not good at picking the ones. The ones I usually think's not that good, people really enjoy, and the ones yeah. I think are wonderful, they're like, yeah, that's okay. So Man, when I first met my producer, um, I might have sent him a hundred different songs, you know, and every single one of them, he was like, no, nope, keep going, keep going, keep going, <laughs> and, and I was like, man, well, I don't, I, I don't know what's, you know, but that that percentage does go up. The, oh, the, the more that the more that you I write less songs now than I used to, which is but I write a higher I write more good songs right and therefore more great songs you know and, and it just takes it takes doing that and, and, and showing people what you like and, and I think I think there's an art to I think the songs that we like are the ones that give people a perception of us you know that it's like i want you to see me this way you know but the songs that are important and i was i was i was having lunch with a guy named uh, john clay he's known as kentucky john clay and i asked uh, actually i was rich henderson and him and rich henderson just headlined or pl played the main stage at tumbleweed music okay. festival it's a big country festival in kansas city and i think rich asked him what do I need to be working on writing-wise? And, and, and all, all that John Clay said, you know, he's like, but, you know, both of you fellows are talented, but if I can tell you anything, it's make sure that you're writing important things. Don't just write. Don't just write things that happen to you, but write things that matter, you know? And I think at some point you start to realize that you need to be less worried about how writing things that help people perceive you a certain way and worrying about what people, how people perceive you and writing the important things like what actually happened. And that comes back to what we were talking about earlier, which how do you know that you're writing the truth? You, you don't. Sometimes you have to have somebody look at you and go, I feel like you're trying to force me to think a certain way on this. Now you just need to tell a story, you know, and it comes back to the art of storytelling, like Justin Clyde. Yeah. Justin, man, if you listen to his stuff, that boy, it's nothing but reality. It's nothing but, it's painful to listen to. And, and not in terms of like it's hard, like hard to. Oh, yeah, no, not, not like an, it's not an indie film. Yeah. yeah, it's a painful story. <laughs> yeah, it's a pain. It, it, and it's and it's it's actually it's addictive to you can't help but listen to it. And, and it's, but it, it it's just so much raw. That's, it does. That's a, a a bad assimilation, I reckon. Raw reality, but it is. You know, it, it is it's so real and just. I don't know. You know, it, yeah. Do you, okay. Your favorite song of yours today is? 
I know they changed. Today. Man, I've got this song called 28 Times I'm Working On. I really like. And it's just, it's, it's got this line. It's, it's about this girl. It's about this couple. And the girl keeps going out to help. Um, like, coming up with excuses why she has to leave the house. And the guy's like, it's pretty obvious you're going and, you know, having sex with some random dude or whatever. And uh, that you fell, fell in love with somebody else. But he doesn't really want to... It's, it's kind of about that moment where you're like, I know this is going to end. Um, and I know it's got to end. But I'm not really quite ready for it to end. It's like the moment... It's, it's, every time something falls apart, there's also a moment where it's falling apart. And some people let the falling happen longer. Sometimes it takes longer to hit the ground than others. And the, and the reason I like the song is mainly because of this one line... And it's like, um, how's it go? It goes, uh, sometime, or sometimes after you leave, I lay here and pretend um, that you don't cheat. I'm not alone. You don't cheat, and I'm a strong, strong man. And it's just kind of real. And Can you do a little bit of that without your guitar? Yeah. Uh, oh, man. I might, I might need my guitar. Okay, well, we can come back to that. Cause I yeah, let's come back to that at the end. I'll, I'll play a little bit. And you, yeah, can, be good. you can use your editing skills to plug it in right there. What little I have, yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Play it right here. Um, do, you, do, you, um, do you have an all-time favorite of your songs? Um, yeah. Whichever one my voice doesn't do that in. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, you know, I, I like... Wow, that's a hard question. And I, I guess my favorite lyric is in Heartless. And it was actually, with Justin Clyde helped me write it, actually. I know I'm talking a lot about him. But go listen to his record, you don't know why. Um, we were standing outside Shooters in Hickory, North Carolina. And he looked at me and said, she worked hard for what she lost. And I was like, and that is now going in my song. And he was like, what are you, what are you talking about? I'm like, that was a lyric. And he was like, he didn't remember he did it until we were, we were on this Hibblies and Guitar Store, and I was like, yeah, wrote this for Justin Clyde. He was like, I didn't write on it. And yeah, you did. <laughs> and I played it for him. I mean, he, he's heard it, uh, but he did, it's, it's just a, you know, a passing thought of his, you know, and it's just brilliant. Do you have some of your earlier songs, very early songs that you continue to do, or do you move past those? Um, Like ones I wrote when I was like 12, yeah, when I started uh, writing? Well, yeah, yeah. Um, no. That's good. Not really, because I, I was doing you a lot evolved, of... Yeah, I was doing like a lot of punk rock yeah. back then. You know, it was one of those things. It's like, I definitely evolved. Um, but, you know, Short Drive yeah. and Different You, yeah. I wrote those in the same hour. Okay. Mostly complete, except for Short Drive. I wrote the chorus. This girl had broken up with me over text message. Her daddy's a preacher here in town. Um, it's great. This is going to be some great Cleveland County history right here. Um <laughs> I was, I had been drinking a little bit. I was a rebel. I had stolen some alcohol from somebody and drank a little bit. And her, uh, she broke up with me over text message. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, how immature does it get? Come on now, do it in my face, you know? And she was like, don't come over, don't come over. And I was like, well, I'm already halfway there. And her daddy called me and said, if you show up at my house, I'm going to whoop your ass, son. And I was like, bleep. Yeah, yeah, bleep, my bad. Um, this isn't radio. This isn't live radio. I'm okay. 
no fines. But her dad said, you know, if you come over here, I'm going to whoop your butt. And, and, and he, he was out in the driveway when I got there. I wrote that chorus. Tonight I'm on the outside, drunk out of my mind, taking a short drive to your house. You know, and um, to healthy advice, if I ain't, then I ain't nice. You know, I love that line. Um, but I wrote that thing on the way to her house, like uh, on the way there. And then, and then it took me till last year, right before we recorded it, to finish it, like to write the verses. I had verses, but they were all over the place. And I never really, the, the chorus just, just flowed so well. I never really could figure out what else I wanted. I was like, man, this says it all. This is the song. I just, yeah, I can I sing this five times, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I had to, I had to figure, I had to find some philosophical, you know, what I was really trying to say behind all that. But, you know, the other thing would be uh, different you. Right when I got home from that, right when I started to sober up, I wrote that, and it was kind of within the same hour that, uh, and that one came out, the whole thing, okay. all at once, uh, barring um, getting Benji Shanks and um, Ken Averly and Rob Henson to kind of arrange it in the studio a little bit, you know, make a few changes to it there. That them boys are getting to record with them was an experience. That when, was a when great did combination. When you decide you were going to do this for a living? When I was, when I realized I couldn't do anything else for a living. <laughs> no, I uh, I was in college and uh, I was a semester and a half in, and I I was sitting there playing guitar in the lounge of my dorm. Actually, no, this was I'll tell you what this probably probably started my first semester. I was sitting there, I was once again playing guitar in the lounge of my dorm, and there were people singing along to my songs, and I was like. Cool, you know, was, you know, this is awesome, you know. And I just, by the third semester of that, I, by, by, by the second semester, I knew what was going on, but I, I didn't know how to tell my dad that I was done. Yeah, no one wants, no one wants their child to be a musician. Yeah, and, and, and I, I, you know, this is, I have a song about it worth a damn. You know, people, you know, my dad telling me, son, you, you know, you got to be born in California and have a lot of money to do all that stuff. And, you know, it's, it's, it's stuff that, when he, when he told it to me, I hated him for it. Well, yeah. But now that that song's kind of about, and the song's kind of about like how, you know, it was actually smart and wise for me to just ignore what my dad was saying. But at the same time, it's got a very generous tone to it because can you blame him? You no, know, you can you can. blame him? You know, it everything he said made sense. You know, I and talk, I try to talk people out of being musicians. Yeah, yeah. At the best, at the best of the end of the, of the rainbow it's still a traveling second third shift job yeah with no insurance <laughs> I mean, that's and you might you might end up living in a school bus and that yeah and that yeah. and that's the if you make it big there's two types of poor one is you have to drive you have to you, you have to ride in a school bus to get to school because you can't afford a car and the other one you have to live in a school <laughs> bus <laughs> so well, well, yeah and I'm, yeah. I'm one of those yes well <laughs> I grew up not having to ride a school bus to school, but now I live in one. So <laughs> I went from one one end of it to the other. So. Well, depending on your perspective, that is also success. Dude, for me, it's, it's major success. Like, I my whole dream in life is to, you know, I grew up in a business family. You know, and in business, you 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 don't always, oh, you spend a lot of your time, and and I'm gonna maybe makes people mad here, but you spend a lot of time suppressing your creativity. Oh, you do. To uh, protect your family, to protect your financial situation. Teachers spend a lot of time suppressing students' they do. creativity. And 
I have a hard time talking about my teachers. I, I, I have a Jeff Jones, Shelby High School. Yes. Um, Mr. Limeberger, Shelby High School. Uh, Heffelfinger, Mr. Heffelfinger. Three teachers that specifically encouraged creativity. Me. And I did great in all of their classes, except for Mr. Heffelfinger, because I, I, I had too much fun playing pranks. But I was also a senior at that point, and you know, I already knew I was going to graduate, so I was cool. But there are three, uh, that was my life, falling down. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if that picked that noise up or not, so it may or may not make sense. But um, there are three teachers who specifically, but you know, a lot of, looking back, a lot of my teachers, and I don't blame them for it, because I think that it has more to do with the education board, you know, telling them what to teach and telling them you have to do this. And you, if you go to college, you're, if you don't go to college, you're screwed, basically. And I don't want to encourage anyone not to go to college. I think college was a great experience for me, but I also wasted my dad's money. You know, I also, I was blessed to have a father who could help me pay for college, but I also wasted his money because about a semester and a half through, or I'm sorry, three semesters through, a year and a half through, I say it different every time, so I always mess it up, but I dropped out and lived in my car for a week until my brother found out, and then he said, come move in with me. I worked at two Chick-fil-A's, got fired from both Chick-fil-A's. Well, actually, the first one I didn't get fired from because I actually, the day that they were going to fire me, I literally told them, hey, my brother's moving to Greenville. That means I'm moving from Charlotte. To, I, lived, I was in Cotswold in Charlotte. I'm, I'm moving to Greenville, and they were like, good, we were going to fire you anyway. We'll just, we'll just transfer you. And, and then they, of course, the one in Greenville didn't let me work. I, I, was, I liked working on the front line, or working on the uh, cashier. They didn't let me work on the cashier because, man, these people, these, these uh, people, regulars would come in, and if you didn't know their order, they would yell at you. And I, I have a terrible memory, man. I, the only thing going through my head was songs. So oh, yeah. I'd be like, I don't have time to remember that you don't like mayonnaise on your, on your uh, number six, you know, with no pepper jack, spicy chicken sandwich, whatever. You know, I don't, <laughs> sorry, I did a little no, that's cool, But that's I, cool. I ended up getting fired from the other one too because I couldn't keep track. Of, I couldn't keep, they, they gave me two uniforms and I couldn't keep, like I'm not going to run the laundry more than once a week. I, I ain't got time for that. So they, uh, I'm a musician, you know. Yeah, I think you're doing what you need to be doing. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing what I need to be doing. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I mean, really, really, I don't think you can prepare yourself for being a musician. I think you either. Or you aren't. You are, you aren't. And the people, it's it, the people that are, it, it, it's faith, man. Like, I, I mean, the, faith. like, like, like I, I tell you this, I, I, I really, the day that I found Jesus was the day that I found who I was. And the day that I, it's funny, I, I found Jesus, but I also started smoking weed at the same time. Um, I don't know if you want me to talk about that or not, but there's, I, I, a lot of musicians get political, and I have two political beliefs that I will stick, that I will ever talk about, because I feel like, I feel like a lot of times when musicians, I, I want to encourage, I, I don't ever want to look at my fans and say, you voted for so-and-so, don't listen to me, because I, first of all, you're alienating, alienating people. Um, but second of all, I want you to think different than me, man. Yeah, that's how exactly. it's supposed to be. I want you to, if, if you believe something, it's and I don't America. believe, yeah, man, it's, come I mean, on. That's what we're I want, up on. I want you to think the opposite of me because if so, then that's then we're the world is moving in the right direction. You know, that's that's, that's what we're supposed, supposed to do. To be. Yeah, and we should be able to shake hands like Ansley. 
votes the exact opposite of me almost all the time. And we celebrate that in our... In our, in our that, that's yeah. a wonderful thing. I mean, yeah, we that, celebrate that. That is the way America is supposed to be. That's so that's one. Yeah. That's my first one. Is I'm always going to st- stick to the belief that I'm never going to push... I might... People might find out what I believe or whatever... And they can yell at me all they want, but I'm never going to. You're not going to I'm, shut I, 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 I never want to tell someone you should think this way. I might say, I might slip up and say, "Oh, I voted for so and so." Whatever, who cares? But the other thing is marijuana. I, I think that if if you can drink alcohol, then you should be able to smoke weed. And if you, and I'm not doing it because I'm a pothead or anything. I'm doing it. I'm doing it just just out of basic belief that if you can do that, then you should be able to smoke weed. And if you, um. If you, I mean, if you have something wrong with the smoke, then cigarettes should be banned. And if you have something wrong with the high, then alcohol should be banned. Well, so, I mean, know, it's like... These days there's edibles. Yeah, oh yeah, there and, you go. And, there you go. You know, actually, actually, you know, I run a lot and there's a ton of runners who do that for the medicinal part. Yeah, of yeah, it. there's a medicinal, you know, medicinal benefit. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how many of them skip the, the THC part. And, and go, go to Broad River Hemp Company yeah, in Shelby, North Carolina, exactly. Lafayette Street. Yeah. Sure. Um, ask for Josh yeah. or Scotty. Yeah. Or Crystal. Yeah. Maybe we'll get a bug out of this. We'll yeah, I know. So, but, um, actually, Josh, if you're listening and you'd like to sponsor the, uh, what's the name of the podcast? It's a Big Sound Small Town. Big Sound Small Town Podcast. See, I told you my, my memory is bad. I'm on a podcast, I don't even know the name of it. I was on a radio show the other day and I forgot the handle and I just started blurting. I just like mumbled through the handle. I, I was doing something very similar. You what towns you're in? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Are you kidding me? I, yeah. When you do, when you travel as much as I do, people ask me, oh, where are you going to be tomorrow? I'm like, on the road. I'm going to be on the road. <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> yeah, somewhere. And I look at, usually Angela knows because she books all the all shows. Right, and, all right. But, um, so she is your booking agent? She's my booking, she's much more than that. She's my booking agent, she's my manager. So, you know, we're uh, two chatterboxes sitting in a school bus in the uh, blazing heat, and uh, that is why we keep on maxing out the length of time that you can talk to a computer. And I think you have the bars counting. Oh, no, it doesn't. No, oh, no, yeah, you're good. good. We're good. We're good. I'm not a, uh, I'm not a uh, engineer by any means. We're musicians. We're not engineers. Yeah, so we're... So you might be in trouble with this before it's over with. Because you're, it's like giving the keys to the kingdom to two, 
serfs instead of, yeah, yeah, instead yeah. of you know, <laughs> kings or, or bishops. You know, yeah, 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 exactly. Or letting the king guard his own exactly, fort. Yeah. yeah. I'm not sure if any of those metaphors made sense, but we told them. Yeah, They're there. They're yeah, in the world the now. What the heck? Nothing we can do about it. We're um, going to be quoted on those. Right. Those are going to be memes. Now, tell me about Don Gibson. Man, I... <laughs> You know, I, I was, in, in, during the break, I was ranting um, about, you know, we, by the way, we could have been a lot cooler and just said we had to take a break because we're sweating so bad. Oh, I'll, I'll overdub that stuff. There you go. You, can, you just, a long beep and just, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, so during the break, I was ranting about the approach, which I, I reckon we've kind of talked about approach today, um, but the approach to, you know, being a, a songwriter and being... Um, a, a performer, and I, I think there's just two routes you can take. Um, first of all, I think the greatest musicians in the world are making $150,000 a year playing in wedding bands. <laughs> the greatest the greatest musicians in the world are doing that. Um, to actually make a mark in music, you have to be dumber than that. You have to, you have to be dumb enough to look at 300 bucks a night and say, no, I'm going I'm to go get paid 50 which is, you know, and then hope I make enough tips to get a hotel room right. to actually have an experience with people and, and to sing your own songs and not be forced to play covers. Um, and you got to get it. You know, I, I spent a long time playing around here, right. playing around Cleveland County and Hickory and Charlotte and Nashville. And it was the biggest blessing of my life to be able to play, you know, drive an hour a day and come back home and see my, you know, and see my family. But at some point... I had to decide whether I was going to be, I was starting to make enough money doing that, that I could have, you know, built a house right. and settled down. And it was like, I'm 24 now. And it's like, I was 23 when, you know, August or May of last year, which was 2018, May of 2018, me and Justin Clyde decided that we needed to tour because if you didn't get out and start playing your own stuff, if you didn't get out and start playing your tunes and, 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 and serving the song rather than you know trying to fill your wallet up, then nothing would ever come of it. So it's like you know, guys like Don Gibson or Earl Scruggs like that, they were they were made fun of around here for, for saying we're gonna go to Nashville, we're gonna which back in the day you know, that was the place to go. Now I think it's overcrowded. Um, but I'm stupid, so who cares what I think. But but you know, so they chose to serve a song rather than trying to be the biggest guy around here because what's what's the biggest guy around here mean you know i mean but on the other hand the guy who goes out and serves a song is okay with being bashed and made fun of and, and i get a lot of that like i it is hard to do your own stuff it yeah. is hard to go out and do your own stuff because people want to hear uh wagon wheel yeah no offense but yeah and, and you do have to do some of that yeah. to work yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't play wagon. I, I don't play wagon. I don't play. I I used to play Freebird, and the only reason I played Freebird is because I was playing with a, a one of the most talented players around here, Mr. Derek McCoy. He is one of the fine, most fine guitar. Player. Fine. He's more. He's more than a fine. He's yes, a great he guy, and he's a great guitar player. But you know, it, I, I I just couldn't. Um, I couldn't imagine finding a better picker around here. We used to play Freebird, and it was it, it was only because it was that much fun to play with that dude. Right. But. I don't do that stuff. You know, I, I, I go out and I, I book bars and... Do you do covers I, these days? Uh, the first 40... If, if I'm doing a three-hour show by myself, uh, the first 45 minutes is all original. Okay. I start shows off 
all original. I do my stuff, and and then after that, it's uh, a mixture. It's half and half. But I'm, I, I set the. I've, I've learned if you walk into, if you book a show, and you walk into a random bar, and you play your originals every single night. First of all, because you're playing your originals every single night, and bar owners, listen up here, because this is what's wrong with. If, if, if bar owners here would start, would stop forcing bands to, would, would actually demand that bands start off playing originals, the first five songs. I've, I've walked into bars and they have signs that say, if, if your first five songs aren't originals, then, then you're leaving. Those are great. Yeah. That's but, a great place to play. But, but you know what happens when bars do that? First of all, the people that play there, their originals get a lot better. Oh, yeah. Because they're forced to, so therefore, the audiences actually like the originals. And therefore, the audience is actually sit there and listen. They listen. Yeah, they and then and then later on in the night, you know, they do whatever. Especially on a three-hour show, right, you know I mean, yeah, I I mean, you're going to want to do whatever. So I, yeah. I end up doing you know all kinds of stuff by the end of it. But I make sure that my, my first 45 or my first hour and a half or whatever is always mostly original. And because of that, I walk into bars who tell me like they'll book me saying cover only. That's great. I walk up in there and play. They don't know the difference. You know why? Because I play them every night. Right. And and therefore, there's a there's a a vibe that you get from cover songs. True. That and, and, and it's this it's this feeling of this artist has heard him a million times, played it a million times. It's an exaggeration. Um, well, but sometimes, you know, sometimes it's not. It's not. Yeah, yeah. Free birds if, if, if if we said tens of thousands, then it might uh -huh. not be an exaggeration. Um, but my point being that there's a vibe from that that you can't replace True. when you've played a song that much and when, when if you encourage more people to play more originals that often like they do in Nashville where right. there's song all these guys the songwriters the performers are up there playing covers every night learning to perform the songwriters are in songwriting rounds twice a day True. learning how to, to learning songs. how to write songs and it's like if, 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 if bars would encourage people to do it or if more artists would just do it but just do it and, 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 and start treating them, taking themselves seriously and, and, and taking the, I think a lot of people write songs and they're like, oh, well, that wasn't very good. Well, no, it wasn't. Maybe it wasn't, but you got to write, and sometimes you, you got to write 99 to get a good one, you, you know, do, you and it, it's, it's Plus, the way it is. you know, the old adage, um, I, can, I, I can make $50 doing my own songs or I can make $50 doing someone else's. Yeah. I'm not going to make, if you go in the Dude, you can make, business, you, you can make 300 playing someone else's, but I'll tell you what, the experience and what are you going to spend that extra $250 on? Probably me, dinner, yeah. a, a meal somewhere or a vacation somewhere. True. But if you go play your own music, the experience of that, mm -hmm. the experience, the, the, it's, it's somewhat spiritual. The, the spiritualness of that I, I is, you, you cannot replace that with a vacation. You cannot no. replace, I'll eat bologna sandwich. I just had me a bologna sandwich earlier because that's all I can afford right now. <laughs> but I tell you what, I'll eat, I'll choose a bologna sandwich. I had to quit drinking because I couldn't afford to buy a beer anymore. You know what I mean? Well, like, yeah, well, but I will choose that over playing, you know, I will choose the spiritual experience of playing my, my stuff. That's righteous, and, brother, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think, I don't know. I, I, it, gets, it gets me worked up sometimes because I know there's a lot of people out there. I've had some really great artists combat me on that. And they're like, yeah, but I got to feed my kids. I got to do I'm like, yeah, but that's where the, we go back to the well, faith thing. Like, you got to have, and you got to just believe deal, in it. Yeah. If you go into music business to make money, you're going to be badly disappointed. Oh, yeah. You know, that's not going to, yeah. You're not going to get rich 
one in ten thousand. Yeah. Maybe more than one in a million. Well, you can you can make decent money doing doing like I said, like a lot of great musicians get stuck in wedding bands because yeah. they chase the money. Right. And you can make one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand yeah, dollars a year, but there's a ceiling on that. True. You can only you can only make so much being a wedding band. You can only you can only do so you can only be so big being a cover band. You can make good money, but and there's and there's nothing and there's no there there is zero like what Travis Stewart's drummer told me. There's I have a hundred percent respect for those guys. Oh, I have I'm I'm, I'm not too. bashing them. Right. I'm am t- just telling you you know we're talking about why why I took my route, and it's because I I I personally would be miserable not doing my own stuff. Yeah, I think it shows you whether you would like it. Yeah, it shows me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, you know, it's one of those things that sometimes I don't think you get a choice as much as you think. You don't. You know, and it's, it's probably it's the same thing with the people who do the you know chose the wedding band stuff. It's like, um, or the cover band stuff. It's like you know, sometimes they had unexpected kids and they had to choose that. You know, it's like it chooses you. You're right. Also, you're right. know, music is more a curse than it is a blessing. Oh, certainly. Because yeah. you, you're always wanting to do it. You age. You think you worked yourself past it. Yeah. And what? Find your back end. There you go. Again. Well, I, th- I think the biggest curse is trying to think that music is something that you can... Um, I don't want to use the word conquer. Well, it conquers, right? Yeah. Because, because, you know, you feel like, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to get good at this song. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're gonna, every time you play, it's going to be different. Every audience is going to react to it differently. You're never going to, you're never going to master anything right. in music. You're never going to feel comfortable. If you feel comfortable, your career is probably going you're, down the drain. You're probably done. Yeah, you're probably done. And it's you're, time to be in a cover band. Yeah, then, then, then you're probably yeah, you're, or you're going to wind up in one soon. Yeah. And it's just one of those things. It's like you know, the the normal things that you're seeking in life when you go from job to job to job to job. And I actually beg. I, I might uh, go back on this here in a second, but um, the, those normal things, you know, stability and all that stuff is down the drain. You're, you're never going to achieve that in music, even if you do no, well, even not. if you no, do well. You're not. And, I, and in fact, I, I don't think you, I don't want to. Like I, I'm, I'm literally moving from a three bedroom trailer into a school bus with four bunks and a queen bed in the four back bedroom. of it. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be four bedroom, yeah. Yep. But with a uh, hundred square feet instead of, you know, twelve hundred. House it living's in, you know. Yeah, and I and I call it an upgrade. You know, yeah. but it's it's actually I'm super uncomfortable. The first thing I did in this thing, man, you won't believe it. I went to test drive this thing, and somehow like it, it was country, kind of country roads, and I was going through these curvy roads, and the GPS told me to turn. And it was a really sharp turn. I was going. I was actually it was the, it was imminent. Uh, I'm not going to say the name of it because okay, um, I might get arrested. Um, but I went to there's a scratch on the side of this thing because of this. There was a road sign in this really tight, tight turn, and I went to turn, and Ansley goes, there's a sign right there. And I'm like, I know, honey. I already, I, I was halfway through the turn. I knew I wasn't going to make it, right? And so I was, like, basically already pressing on the brakes. But I was doing it kind of at my own leisure. I was like, I'm going to go a little further so it's easier for me to back back up right. and finish the turn. And she goes, but there's a sign there. And I was like, I, I got you, honey. And next thing you know, this loud noise happens, and I realize I just took out the I, d- I didn't completely take it out you know we bought the school bus so i didn't I, I didn't say anything but um and it didn't really do any damage to the sign um might be leaning but whatever um anyhow that was the first thing i did in this thing I, so I'm, i was super uncomfortable i was like right then i was like 
oh man, maybe I should probably not do this, you know? But in music, in life, you have those moments. Well, it's a sc- yeah. All the time, you know? Well, you think about it. By the way, don't release this for 90 days so that the, you oh, know, yeah, the time. Good. Get <laughs> you know, the, uh, it's like scars. I find scars attractive because that's a sign of life on yeah. people. Character. Same with the school bus, man. Yeah, it's man. Gotta have some character, yeah. you know. So I mean, the first thing I did was yeah, exactly. You know, hit something with it. You know, but I had never driven a school bus in my life. Right. And then, of course, Ansley doesn't know how to drive a stick shift, so or a straight drive. So the first thing she had, the first time she had to drive it, she had to drive it five and a half hours home from oh, Virginia. Lord. Oh yeah. That's oh, great. Yeah. That she did it though. She's just north of Charlottesville. Yeah, she did. Yeah. Now she hit a pallet. <laughs> somebody had uh, somebody uh, a truck had like dropped a pallet off in the hot in the interstate it, on accident. She didn't see it like it was night and she didn't have very good vision, so uh, she didn't see it till the last minute. She knocked knocked the heck out. Recording what comes up next. What do you what you got you got anything towards studio time coming up or? I got yeah. Me and Billy are going to be working on my next project. I got a song finished. Everything short of master, and I'll show that to you here in a little bit. It's we had uh, we hired uh, Justin Clyde to come play guitar on it. Gosh, this thing just turned into a Justin Clyde display, didn't it? Well, you um, I love that. You should dude. love that. Oh, he will, he will. This is me saying, please write with me some more because I like writing <laughs> with you. Um, no, but I, I I hired Justin Clyde to play guitar on it. You know, we had Benji Shanks play on the other stuff, man. And I between the two of them, I have a hard time figuring out who to hire for this stuff because Billy's Billy knows so many great people and and they've all been so kind to me and and just you know Ken Aberly played uh, drums on uh, a, a guy Mark Christensen named uh, Dog played some drums on some stuff and um and Robert a guy named Robert plays uh bass for, for on Prisco's project Prisco I was talking about earlier and uh, Rob Henson who used to play for Corey's Corey Smith yeah. and uh Kent plays for Christian Bush and uh, Benji plays for Christian Bush, and he plays a lot with Blackberry Smoke. Um, well, I mean, just so many great guys. And, and but, but this one we had Dog and Mark Christensen. I call him. Everybody calls him Dog, but he. I think he's trying to get people to call him his real name. Um, it's Dog with an A and a W. Oh, by the way, yeah, of course, Pretty, he's a cool dog. George guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you know, we had him and and him and, and Billy plays uh, lap steel and all of it, which is man his. I'll show it to you in a little bit. It, his lap still works just beautiful, oh, dude. Yeah. But uh, we're going to get it mastered, and uh, we have a, a music video coming out for Heartless. Oh, that's good. Yeah, we had a, um, um, a guy who, his name's Connor Pinnell. Once again, I'm really bad with last names because I never actually hear people call them, say their last names. I just see them on Facebook. But he, uh, he worked with um, Stephen Perez on a movie that Billy, my producer, did. Uh, soundtrack for and he's got a series on the Thea network the T-H-E-A it's the Atlanta network um, for like independent films and stuff he has a a series called Americana that he produces and directs and uh, he did a music video for Heartless for that so it's it's, it's pretty simple but it's pretty cool man and um, you just finished you just finished a tour Uh, tell me a little bit about that that's funny calling it a tour because it's like man I'm kind of Always on tour because, like, I was talking so, earlier. True, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. A series. Let's call it. A yeah, series. I, yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, that's that's probably a better way to put it. You are always on tour, so let's yeah. call this a series. Yeah. Um. So it's called the Hibbles and Guitars Tour, and it was I was telling you earlier about me and Justin wanting to get out on the road and play our own stuff and and just 
rough it out kind of thing. And, and that's what we did, you know, and it, it was last year, first of May, my first tour ever, his first tour ever. And it was the Hibblies and Guitars tour. And it was just a song swap. This year we, starting in August, I started touring full time. So it was nothing but being on the road and playing across the nation. And we would do about 20, we cover about 20 states or something like that. Basically the nation. Um, within a year or two, we'll be have, nationwide. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, yeah, we'll get to California and all that stuff. But we're taking it. Peace we, we, we're piecing time till you know we, we we've been aggressive. It's time to take a second and make sure we, you know, we're a little too uncomfortable for a moment, you know. But um, yeah, so the Hibblies and Guitars tour, we decided to do it bigger this year. I didn't actually plan on doing it twice. Um, it just kind of happened that it was it was one of those things God gave me. It was like, hey, this is a you know, you're touring you, you're touring in the traditional format, which is the you know having somebody opening up for you all the time. Um, but the song swap thing is it was a very unique experience, and it, you can bring it back, and you can do it um, you can do it with four or five guys this time. Sure. So so we did three guys. It was me, Marty Brooks, and Justin Clyde every night, and then we had like Tyler Hatley on one show. We had a fourth rotating guy every time. The first night in Hendersonville was just the three of us, and then the, for the rest of the time, what we did was eleven shows in eleven days, wow. which is yeah, tiring. Yeah. And it's funny, like the the day I got done with it, we we drove drive all the way back from Valley, Alabama, to here, you know, wait for about two hours, and then drive to Virginia to pick yeah. up a bus, you know. But um, and we fed our dog too. No, that's good for the animal lovers out there. <laughs> that's that's part of why this bus is here, is because. We, we're kind of feeling like we're going to get, you know, going to get our animals taken away from us. We're leaving my home. The more and more we're leaving my home, we're like, man, we got to get this dog. we got to get our animals on the road with us. We love them too much. There's a band in the future? September. Uh, October. October. Just got moved to October, yeah. It was September. Yeah, so, you know, the band, you know, I don't, for the non-musicians, putting a band together and getting them on the road is the biggest challenge it is, um you, but you have to do it you have to learn how to represent your sound um because i owe my fans every night uh, the best representation of my record as possible um people love me touring around um solo i never had anybody complain never have i had somebody say that didn't sound like the record or that whatever right. but um also know that I want to play. I mean, oh, I, we, 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 go, we go in the studio and we work, you know, Billy works his butt off and I work my butt off and everybody works their butt off at creating all these melodies and all these beautiful moments in the song. And I can only represent so many of those acoustically. Sure. And not, not just that, but sometimes I, get, sometimes I get with a band and it's like they've, all, they've learned all those parts and they're like, man, I've drifted so far from the record. You know, well, just... Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. you, it's, it's easy to do, you know, especially by yourself. When you have a band, you kind of have a bunch of guys saying, "Well, we got you can't do that because I got to you know, this part's, you know, people are people." This is that, the trademark lick. To yeah, this song. is the trademark lick, you yeah. know, and I got to do it. But yeah. when you're acoustic, you work those licks in when you can, right. and it just gets sometimes it gets far away from it. So it's it's, it's you know, it's I'll always I'm, I'm hoping. So the hibbles and guitars thing originally was going to be what I did. That was going to be the way that both of us, me and Justin, were going to do it that way for as long as, you know, kind of to help each other grow. So what changed? What changed was, I think, mainly, I mean, I think we had slightly different approaches to our careers, first of all. And that's nothing, like, neither one of them are right or wrong. Right. It's more like, 
it was but also I realized touring with other people was like actually a hard thing you know like like relationships were a hard thing and also, songwriters which is not like traveling yeah, 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 yeah. So, I mean yeah. it's a different lot Player, players and writers are two really different types oh de definitely and, and it's like me and Justin it was like you know it's like two big dogs you know meeting you know it's like we gotta you know being on the road like that all the time together our friendship didn't warrant that yeah. our, our friendship don't get when we can spend a year of time together right. you know and it's fine but it was more like it was meant to be a special thing it was meant to the, the touring the, the songwriting touring thing now if I were to go open up for him for a year, he would open up for, for me for a year. Right. There'd be no issues. But right. doing the song swap thing was... There's a reason. There's a reason that you... Um, to be honest with you, man, I think I was just jealous of Justin's playing, man. Like, just <laughs> listening to that dude play, I was just like... Every night, it made me feel terrible. I was like, man, I got a lot of work to do. You know, I was like, I, I, performance-wise, I got a lot of work to do to own up to this guy. And I'll tell you what, on the same tour, it was the same thing, but I knew I didn't have as big expectations this time. Right. I knew I'd put the work in and booking and building it up and making it this big thing. And it was great, man. I, mean, I, I was able to enjoy my time on it and learn, actually learn from him and learn from what he was doing. And like I said, don't take that as me saying I don't want to tour with that dude because he's... My, like if I could tour with anybody right now, it'd be him. I've seen him. Um, you talked about him. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I, I, I see the. Respect. I mean, I want to support my. I want to support the people I love, and I, I love that dude and what he's doing, and I, I love you know, the people he surrounds himself with. Um, but you know, it was one of those things. It was. It was. I, I think that was God telling me, "Hey, this is a special thing. You know, this is a very special thing." So yeah, I'd originally planned on that being how I toured, and so it was. It was interesting. Going away from them. I'm not really sure what my original point there was, but uh, um, if you if you know, comment below. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it is what they, it's time to go to the full band. Yeah. Oh yeah, the full band. So I, I, I want the solo acoustic thing to kind of become the same thing as what hibbles and guitars has become, right. which is a special thing. Right now, it's every it's, it's all I do. Right. So it's like. Will you do both? Will you sometimes play with a band and sometimes play? So at, at first, we're going to pick certain markets to do the band right. with. I've got these great guys. I've got Trevor. A guy named Trevor. I don't know. This is Pistol Hill Part 4, and we're talking about a full band as, as oh, yeah. individual touring. So, all right. Yeah, got with you. pressure's on. Pressure's on. Hank Jr. No, uh, I, uh, I I got a guy named Trevor who's uh, plays at Elevation Church, yeah. the drummer for Elevation Church, okay. and uh, a guy named Alex Jankula is who I'm working with right now, and um, hopefully those will be my guys come October, and uh, I love I love working with them fellows. They're both That's massively good. talented. Uh, what we're working on right now is we're we're working on a way. Basically, both of them are are, are folks who. Uh, Trevor's like 18 years old, you know, plays drums at Elevation Church. Both of them want to do it full-time. Alex Jankula's, um, I think, my age, and, uh, you know, he works a regular job, and, he, you know, same thing. He, both of them strive to do it for a living. I've been doing it for a living for a long time. It's easier as a lead man to do that. Sure, um, yeah. So we're kind of in this moment where we're trying to figure out how to do that, and I think the best, like, what we're going to attempt to do is do a trio. Um now, covering the sound of 
We're doing. We're gonna do it as trio so that because my goal is to get the sound out, or my my concern is not necessarily how we get the sound. It's more about. Now I'm not gonna use. I'm not gonna use like tapes or anything. Oh, no, yeah. But no, I would not expect you to do. I that. will not. I, I'm I'm very. I like raw and genuine stuff. You know. Uh, but for me, it's less about how we make the sound. But, and more about getting the sound out that we create. Because, I mean, these guys, like I was saying a minute ago, Billy and all them, they work hard on creating these sounds, and, and we've got to take those and, and respect them and, and, and bring them to people. Um, they don't, they're not messing around, and I'm not messing around, you know. And I, um, What we're trying to figure out how to do is a trio. It's going to be fun. It's going to be an experiment. It's going to take yeah, a lot of hard work. One of them is a bass player and one of them is a... One of them, one of them, is, a bass, one of them is a bass player slash... Guitar player, he's yeah, he's great. Right. He's he's great at both, right. and I'm you know I can play guitar. I'm probably gonna have to pick up an electric. I hadn't played electric in five years or so, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pick one. I'm gonna, right. My yeah. brother's got a Strat. I'm probably gonna ask him to borrow, please. Speaking um, of that, what what is your go-to acoustic these days? Um, right now it's a uh, Martin Dreadnought. I um I play Taylor. I had a GC3, which is kind of my my go-to songwriting guitar. Got a lot of character to it. It's been beat up. I got a hole. Got a hole in it. It looks like trigger, kind of, yeah. but a little cleaner. Trigger. Looks like a twenty-four-year-old's trigger. Trigger would be Willie Nelson's guitar. Yeah, for, for those. those who don't know, yeah. yeah, for those who are clueless. Um, grandma. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think that's my grandmother's the only person I've ever had to explain that to. Oh, yeah. But uh, I got to give her some hell so she knows I love her. Right. But yeah, I had a Taylor GC three and a Taylor two fourteen CE. Um, that was. I just got the table, the second one, but both of them had electronic issues. Right. So it was kind of, even had, I don't know what it is. I think just tailors have bad luck with electronics, but if they ever wanted to sponsor well, me, we'd... have electronics in the, in the Martin? Yeah, built in. So yeah, it was, it was a Fishman. I had, yeah, a, Fishman. I had a Fishman in one of those uh, tailors. It just... Sometimes they just... Yeah. Yeah, just... Some, yeah I, I just, I'm a broke musician, man. I don't have, I, I got a, it's my livelihood. You know, I got, I got, I got, I still have all of them. I just, uh, I just retire them one at a time and... The Martin though is better for my voice. It works better with my voice and all that stuff. Uh, baritone voice of yours. Yeah, but like I said, with the band, I'm gonna have to. Uh, I'm probably gonna have to pick up an electric for a little bit of it, and just to. These guys sing harmony. Yeah, uh, right. Alex does, and I think Trevor sings too. I hadn't right. hadn't heard him sing yet, but Alex is great at it. He's he's phenomenal at that. Yeah, he's really cool. And he's a great songwriter too. Oh, that's and that, that, that's that's the key for me is working with guys who. There's yeah. I was, I'm, I'm actually teaching. I, I'm not teaching because the only way to teach is just to get them to do it. But my girlfriend's starting to write with me some. Okay. She's never written songs in her life, and she's super smart. And I'm like, you know, the only thing keeping you from writing, the only thing keeping you from being creative, creativity is a lie. It is. I mean, I I think the only reason that people think they're not creative is because pe teachers told them not to be creative. Teachers told them, here's the formula. Hell yeah. You know how there's one problem on every math test that is designed to for you to create your own formula, and that's only there because someone at someone raised the question of why are we not teaching our kids to be creative? So they have one problem, and guess what? That's probably the problem most people get wrong because everything else that they don't have to practice that because sacrifice one problem, learn all the formulas, sacrifice that one problem, and don't don't ever worry about being creative. 
and is ability to let go too. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's 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 freedom. Right? It, it's it's releasing yourself from the well, the confines. Can't do that, though. Yeah, they well, can't. They can't. can't. Let it go. But she, um, you know, for I don't think she'd be mad at me for saying this, but for a long time, I think, um, you know, she she kept telling me I'm not creative. I'm not creative, and I'm like, honey, for as smart as you are to say you're not creative, is a lie. I mean, I'll tell you what we've been working on. We've actually been working on. Um, that you don't mean your tears anymore song. She's brilliant, dude. She, I mean, she's, I'm kind of scared now. <laughs> she's actually, she's a good singer too. And, and, oh, that's good. And, and uh, or she's got a good voice. She's not a good, like she hadn't really worked right. on singing much. So she's, this is starting to break her out on that too. And so, uh, you know, it, it's, and there's nothing more intimate than um, writing songs together and singing together and, and, and being creative together and, is it not a little intimidating for her as she walked past that now? Um, I think that might have been part of why she... A lot of times it is, I think yeah. that's why people don't create. Because I mean, I've, I've heard this a lot, too. I've heard about people, you know, other musicians kind of saying, I've only written four or five, but, you know, it, all, it either sounds like a Merle Haggard song or it sounds like a Wayland song or it sounds like whatever. And, and I'm like, dude, you just got to... Keep at it. You got to... What, what, there's a saying, it's... You, you imitate, and you, you emulate, imitate, recreate, and then create, or something. I don't know. I, that, that's totally wrong. But there, there is yeah, a uh, that might be that. an overdub too. But <laughs> but there, 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 there's a saying that's like, and it's like you got to learn how to you copy somebody, and then you learn how to be like that. So it's recreate, emulate, and then create. So you learn how to play a cover. And then you learn how to play that cover just like they did, with the same phrasing and right. tone. And, and then you learn how to take that and that knowledge you got from doing that and how, how you learn to be like them to learn how to be like yourself. And right. then you create something super original. You do. You do. You, yeah. you do have to study others to get to your, yeah. your voice, your place. So I think she's in a spot right now where she's just starting that process. Right. So, yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure it's intimidating. But I think the intimidation... I feel I, I just look back in my life and I think about that Worth a Damn song, you know, yeah. that I wrote. And that song's meant so much to me. It's almost like a piece of advice I wrote for myself. You know, it's like sometimes you have to. You know? Yeah, it's like the, the smart thing to do is actually to ignore the people that tell you, "Oh, don't do that." It's like, well, why not? You know, I mean, there's is, is there really any reason why you shouldn't? Well, write a you know write an essay to get a grant for a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Should you, like you're probably not going to get it, Sandy. You're probably not going to. You know what I, I mean? Don't, I won't. Exactly. No, if you don't, and, 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 and but but look, every time I've taken a risk or a chance or taken a leap towards something, it's turned into something like this. It's turned into it's it's never what I thought it was going to be. Right. In fact, usually it turns into much. Usually, I'm thankful that it's not what I thought it was going to be. Like I thought I was going to go and be a superstar. You know, I did. I mean, I, I got into music thinking I was going to be a... I think everybody does. Fucking rock star, man. You know what I mean? A bleep rock star. But I... Um, see, now you can cut out where I said fucking rock star. <laughs> and you can just use the bleep rock star. And it's self-bleeped. Anyways. Um, but I... Uh, I'm so thankful I'm on the path I am because I'm actually writing... I'm taking the route that my heroes took. You know, true, the, the guy, true, yeah. Waylon and all them, they, I know they were in Nashville, but at the same time, they 
went out well, and they, they also honed their craft a long time before they ever went to Nashville. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you may yeah. wind up there at some point. Oh, I probably will. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But it's about honing that craft in a in a real way. Yeah. I mean, if you want to find me in three months, I'll be in a bus at the Kmart parking lot <laughs> set up. You'll see that there will be a, a fold-out picnic table with an umbrella, and I'll be sitting there sipping on uh, lemonade. Do you ever think someone's going to pick up one of your songs and record it? Do I ever think yeah. that they will, or do I want them to? I know you want them to. Oh, yeah, of course. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, I... I mean, how important is that to you? Oh, no, I mean, it, okay. I'll tell you, where I am right now, I'll do this for the rest of my life. Okay, yes. Yeah, to some degree or another. But whether somebody picks up one of my songs, I've had, I mean, I've had, you know, yeah. rec- I've had Big Machine come out. and I, 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 They never really explained to me what it was, but, you know, I'm pretty sure it was the publishing side of things. Because right. I, I know I was, it, was a lo- it was a long time ago. I was really young in my career. Right. So I know they were just, and, you know, all these big record labels have talked to me before, and, 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 and they talk about, you know, they tell me they they keep they know where I am. They they keep track of everything I do. Of you they, know they're going to change a bunch of stuff about you too. When well, you, uh, you know, I, here's the thing. I think that's wrong, and I'll tell you. I'll tell you why. That's part of why I do what I do. I think that if you go searching for a record label like that, and you're telling them I want you to make me big, right. then of course they're going to change. I mean, right. they, they they're a bank. That's all right. they are. Yeah, they are. So. Of course they're going to do that. Right. But if you do like me, where it's like, um, if I ever get a record deal, it's going to be a distribution deal. It's right. going to be, it's going to be somebody, or maybe not. You know, I mean, but either way, it's going to be because I created a demand right. for it. I'm not going to them and begging for them. They, yeah, and they don't. I don't think record labels want you to anymore. I mean, I, I it's think a different market. Yeah, and and, and it comes back to songwriting too. Like somebody recorded my songs. Nobody records the, the songs that get cut. These days, yeah, are cut by successful artists. I mean, they're, they're cut by like true, and, wa- and they're custom. They're custom built. Yeah, like so, like Eric Church is recording Travis right. Meadows tunes. Right. Travis Meadows is a famous songwriter because he went out there and well, he had some great big hits. Yeah, but did. at the same time, he's also a touring artist. True. Chris Stapleton, yeah. great example. All, I mean, that dude was touring with the Steelwoods. Or yeah, not the Steelwoods. Steel, uh, Steel, Steel the Drivers. Steel Drivers, yeah. yeah. Steelwoods are also a great band. Yeah, they are. Uh, oh, Jason, amazing. Um, but, you know, all these guys, I, I think you have to make a name for yourself as a songwriter and have fans because there's a lot of value in me. Like, let's say you can record a song by me or you can record a song by Travis Meadows. Right. The song that you record by Travis Meadows is immediately going to be bigger. Of course. And probably better because he's a much more experienced songwriter. So it's like, why would you not? So I I think it's more like, yes, I want someone to record my songs because whenever they do, that'll tell me that I'm at a spot in my career where I can be proud of, you know? And and, But do I want them to record one now? No, because, well, I mean, yes, Yes, but but yes, but no, because... There's this thing that a lot of artists don't think of, and it's called, I call it the blowing up factor. If you, what's, uh, Cleveco. Yeah. Sorry, I had to think of the name of your band. Um, Cleveco. If Cleveco blew up right now, would you actually be able to take advantage of it? I would, but I'm not sure. Yeah, the yeah. The yeah. Band well, exactly, exactly. It would, and it's much more than being talented enough. It's much more than having it the is. songs. It's, it's a it's, life-changing experience. Yeah, and it's having... Like, me and my girlfriend work every day. Me and Ansley, I 
never call her my girlfriend. That's kind of, I feel weird saying that because okay. she, she's like my, she's like the CEO of this whole thing. Right. Um, I'm the creative mind. She's the CEO, but have both. And she's starting to get creative. So it's scary. Um, but you know, she, or we work every single day to make sure that the business side of things are, cause that's the hard part. Like we're, we're creative all the time and all that stuff, but there's still another side of it all. You know, it's the side of it all that we don't really talk to our fans about. We don't really gloat. We don't talk about, except for experiences like this, right. you know, the inside scoop kind of stuff. But it, uh, you got to have that together. You, you do, got, you got to, because together. if think about it, if if all of a sudden I, if I blew up, yeah. Right now I don't have a band. I don't. I mean, I, I do, but I don't. You know, right. I, I don't have a it's band a, practice. It's a life changing. There's, there's so all of a sudden there's so many moving parts. Right. Do you actually have the right team? And then if you have to start adding random people, I've been slowly building a team, which I like that process because you learn how to trust each other and all that stuff. But if you blew up, all of a sudden you have these random people coming in to do all these important jobs. Can you trust them? Do they Can really you know your vision? Exactly. Do they? There's so many pieces. It's like. I like the slow growth. I'm, I'm cool with the slow it's growth. It's kind of like if you would win the lottery. It, you know, you think you want to, but then, oh, mm -hmm. this is a lot of money. Dude, that is a perfect metaphor you for know, it. That's, yeah. And yeah. it's the same type of deal. I mean, yeah, you want it to happen, but no, you really don't. I'm, I remember, I'm not ready yet. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember walking into my first session with uh, Billy Hume and saying, man, I think, like, I remember, I actually, what my first, it was my first time listening back to the tune, listening back to what we were doing. And, and me and uh, my manager at the time were like, oh, man, this is going to be, it was Brandy Bottle. No, it was uh, different you. And we're like, oh, man, this is going to be so big. This is awesome. And he goes, well, <laughs> he, goes, he, goes, he, goes, he goes, first of all, this might be the best thing you've ever done. <laughs> but it's not, yeah. you know, you, you, you can do, you, you are going to get so much better. Like, this is going to be so much bigger. Down, you know, what you do, you're, you're going to keep growing. As long as you put the work in, it's going to keep growing. You're going to get so much better. Second of all, you don't want this to blow up. And I'm like, yeah, dude. Like, dumbass, what do you, yeah, you know? Yeah, I do. Of course I do. <laughs> clearly, you didn't earn that Grammy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, clearly, yeah. you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, no, but, but, he, but he really does know what he's talking about, and he did earn that. Um, he probably earned it 10 times over, to be honest with you. But um, it, it's one of those, yeah, it's just one of those things, man. Like, you know, you, you really, you got to be smarter than yourself. You know, you get you got to allow for people to tell you, hey, you don't want to blow up yet. Oh, yeah, he's right. You know, I don't want to put $10,000 behind this song because, or in terms of promoting, because that $10,000 is going to be wasted whenever I, whenever my career falls apart in a year and a half because I wasn't ready for that, you know, exactly. and, and, and being willing to just. Let and sometimes the, it's just hard to be that person all of a sudden. I mean, you've yeah, been Pistol yeah, yeah. Heel, but now you've got to be the Pistol Heel, Dude. which is different. Yeah, think about the patience that guys like Chris Stapleton oh, yeah. displayed. I mean, waited his time. dude, he waited his time. He, he, he earned every minute of it. He never stopped working. Nope. He never got discouraged. And, and he exploded. And he, he is such a, but, but he didn't really, he exploded, but he didn't explode. His, head, he no, did, his he ego didn't, didn't explode. No, nothing. he didn't. He, he is still humble and he is able to continue to make great music because Nothing changed in his life except for the fact that he had a little bit more money. Yeah. You know, he had a little bit more money and he, whatever. I mean, he's having a kid and he's able to, he probably is able to afford to actually relax a little bit now. And But he had already, for years, he's developed a workflow of writing great songs yes. and touring yeah. and all this stuff before when all, 
he was doing all that when all he could do was appreciate it. True. So now that he's got enough where he doesn't actually have to work as hard, he still works the same amount because he actually loves it and appreciates you know, it. You also know as an artist, it's just like it's with anything. You get too happy, it's hard to write. You get too successful. I mean, okay, I've got this one big hit, got a great album. My next three suck yeah. because because it came too fast. I've had a lifetime to get these songs. Now I got to write. Record company wants me to write ten yeah. new now, and it's like I, can, I I've had a lifetime to do this. How am I yeah. going to do it now? Can I have twelve I mean, more years? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a lot what... of stuff. It's it's you know. Do you want to make it past that? There's and, and and that's the thing for me. It's like you can write great song after great song after great song. You can. But I needed. I, I, I want to be a great I, I want to be a great songwriter for the rest of I want to be known as a great songwriter for the rest of my life. I don't want to be known as a guy who wrote ten great songs or right. four or I wrote I guess six six great songs. Right. You know, I want to be a guy or you know one. we're you or know one. yeah or one, yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. If you if you listen yeah, whatever. And I mean, and it's I have, just like I have a big album has a number one song on it and the rest of the album sucks. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. And it's like also also want to be able to tell my I want my you know, and I I get the 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 guys who are record other people's songs. You know, they're they're performers. They're amazing performers. But and I will record other people's songs. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. every I good don't song, mind. Every good songwriter I've ever known recorded other people's songs beside theirs. However, they mm -hmm. were original tunes. They weren't doing a cover. You know, they were doing. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they, yeah. They were. They were. Yeah, and they it's, were it's, honoring other songwriters. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And it's like, man, I I just uh, I want. To, I want to, I want my fans to experience me, my life. They they are helping me create. They're, they're giving me the ability to create this journey, and or to do to have this journey. They are a big part of it, and I just want to be able to tell my story to them and, and not have to rely on other songwriters and other you know to to uh, have anything to say. Like I I want to I. I the, what's the point of doing this if you don't have something important to say? Well, you know, I came into this wondering about your vision, your plan, and amazingly, uh, you satisfied all that with me. You're, oh, wow. You have a vision, you have it, a plan. You know, I, I like I like what you're delivering. Well, thank you. I'm obsessive over plug, it. So plug plug your stuff. Uh, what media's are you on? Uh, I am on uh, CNN and Fox. Okay, yeah. Just, no, no, no. I am on. Uh, those are contradicting uh, <laughs> yeah, like, statements. Of it. Well, at least at least you covered both bases. Yeah, I did. I did. I was like, yeah. hey, I, made, I just made everyone happy. Um, you have Instagram. Yeah, I have Instagram um, at Pistol Hill. Okay. I believe is the handle. Um, I have Twitter. Don't, don't use it very often because right. I don't. I don't know what a tweet is necessarily. I just right. whenever I have something to say and it's less than 100 characters, I do it there. Uh, I have a Facebook in which I'm on uh, Instagram and Facebook. I'm posting every day, you know. And uh, um, where can we get your music? You can get my music on Spotify, all digital outlets. So right. Spotify, Apple Music, Google Play. Um, I do. I, I don't sell physical CDs. Do you um, do merchandise at your shows? Yes, I do do merchandise. I have I have T-shirts and all that stuff. And we're about to revamp. I was about to say we're. I don't do physical CDs right now, but I will in the future. Okay, I um, wondered about it because it is a yeah. digital age, and that is, yeah, a, and that and is I, a hard medium to sell these days. I mean, trust but, uh, me. Actually, I just finished, we just finished a project, and 
you know, all I hear is, are you on Spotify? Can I download yeah, it here? Yeah. CD? No, man, I'm not interested in buying yeah. a CD. And you know, it's one of those things, it's like you can make more money selling CDs, but, and, and you do sell them, but at the same time, eventually they're going to have to learn how to make money streaming, so you might as well go ahead and do it. You know, I mean, that's that, what I've that always been told. That is the market today. You need to be tapped into yeah. it. So, so I'm, 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 I'm cool are. with it. You know, yeah. it's, yeah, it's, uh, I mean, I think there's some rights issues that have to be worked yeah. out for songwriters and stuff. I, I'm, I'm, I think I'll be, be patient and it'll work out is what I think. You know, but. The, whole, the whole music world evolves around songwriter. I don't care how much talent you have. If you have a bad or you don't have good songs, you're not going to get there. Yeah. But if you, oh, you might get a record or two, but the people that are successful have either been good songwriters or depend on good songwriters. Yeah. Yep. They make all the difference in the world. Yep. Songwriters are the backbone of all of it, man. Yeah. You can't, you can't have a good tour without a good song. Live shows suck without good right. songs. And, and you as know. a songwriter, sometimes you can be successful and not famous. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you can. I mean, totally, man. I mean, you're I, walking right into the Walmart and nobody knows who you are. And fame's a weird thing, it man. It's a weird thing. I uh, bigger the difference between fame and success, I guess. Oh yeah, I mean, it's funny. I, I I can walk. I was walking around Statesville the other day before a radio show I was doing, and I got stopped multiple times. It was the first. I mean, it was the first time I'd been stopped by. I, I'd been stopped in towns like, oh, you're Pistol Hill or whatever. Mostly because like Ansley will be wearing one of my T-shirts, and they'll be like, "Oh, you're that guy. Look at that. She's yeah, wearing your yeah, T-shirt." Yeah. 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 Did you just pick her up? No, we've been dating since I was in eighth grade. You know, we have been dating a long time, but it. Um, I don't know. You know, it's it, it, it's it's a weird thing. It's weird getting noticed. It's weird people coming up to you like that. But um, I guess they recognize you. Sometimes don't even know you, but they recognize you from your your, your like Instagram. Account. Yeah, something like that. You know, it's like, oh, we're coming to yeah, we're coming to your show tonight. Like, go be out eating dinner, and we're just walking around or whatever. And, but it's uh, are you pissed? I can already. That's what people do. Are yeah, you yeah. Pissed? yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can already tell that you know it's 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 weird and it's you know it, it's a weird thing. But at the same time, it's like it's satisfying to know that um, I don't I don't mind it at all. Right. Any any degree of. One thing I've learned about 
telling stories from running around with that Justin Clyde dude. If you ain't never heard him tell stories, you got to you got to go to one of his shows and listen to him because I guess Daddy's in prison. And all, you know, all, I mean oh, he's yeah, he's got I mean, but but he's got a good heart about it. Right. You know, he's like he's like you know my daddy he ain't a bad guy. He actually is real smart, just like Justin's intelligent as it gets, man. And he's like, you know, my daddy's a great guy. He's smart as it gets. You know, he, he did great in school and all that stuff. He just couldn't. He was almost too smart for his britches, you know. He couldn't help but do something stupid like cook meth. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so he's, he's sitting there telling stories. He's like, he's like, you know, he couldn't help but do something stupid like cook meth. And he's doing this. He's telling this on a microphone, a room full of people who know his dad. You know, and he's up in New Corner Pubs in Mooresville, where yeah. he he grew up right down the street from there. That okay. him and his daddy did. That his actually mama. is near the that crossroad is near. That's exactly what I was thinking when he yeah. said that. I was like, is he talking about like the Davidson side? Of yeah, the, it would be the Mooresville side. The, yeah, the, yeah, it would be there. Because there's like the Riverview Raw Bar to the south side near yes, Charlotte and Lake Norman, and, and then, this would be farther yeah. north, closer. That's to where I hang out. Yeah, that's where I play a lot. Yeah, yeah. kind of yeah. near. Uh, man, there's a. There's a venue up there just shut down, like horse feathers. Well, I don't know. But but there used to be a uh, venue there that uh, it's called the Lake Norman Music Hall. Okay, yeah, they used to have, I've heard of that. Uh, they used to have like George Jones. In fact, I saw jo George Jones. I had a brother who opened a show for George Jones in a band that he was in. And George was down in the green room for the show and I was down there with him. And oh, he's wow. drunk and walks out with his uh, Martin D45 hung around his neck. Bang. Knocks the whole headstock off of it. <laughs> what? <laughs> no right way, man. Bass player's up there, got the lines running. You know how they, they awesome. warm it up, yeah. waits. George Jones. Yeah, George yeah, yeah. George Jones. Yeah. But, you know, he, he, he walks out there and knocks the head off of it. Hold on, I well, got to go back. Oh, <laughs> well, he never got out of the basement. They, they, they were vamping for oh, like, yeah, like yeah. 20 minutes while somebody went and found him another acoustic guitar to play. And let him up on stage because he was so drunk. No show, John? Showed yeah. up? He showed up. Sometimes I, I wish he didn't, right? Yep. Was well, he really there, though? Is the question. Well, I, it could have been someone else. <laughs> it, you're right. Incognito. These days, man, you never you know. You never know. Everybody's got a baritone anyhow. They do. <laughs> they do. Let's see what that sounds like. All right, let's see. <laughs> 